The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now we're joined by Geraldine Herbert, uh, independent Sunday Independent Motoring Editor. Geraldine, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, uh, quite a few stories on the motoring front. Uh, first of all, uh, fully electric EVs outsold diesel in April. Yeah, big news here. Now, they had, if you remember in March, um, plug-in hybrids and EVs combined had out, outsold diesel. Well, this month they have outsold them just on their own. And we have now more than 11,000 registered just this year. So that's a 49% increase on the same period last year. So they now make up, well, in the month of April, 20% of the market. Uh, and which cars are selling best? Okay, well, in terms of brands, it's Toyota, Volkswagen and Hyundai. And in terms of overall best-selling car this year, Hyundai Tucson, followed by the Kia Sportage and then the Toyota Corolla. In terms of EVs, it's the VW ID4, followed by the Hyundai Ioniq 5 and the Tesla Model Y. Okay, so uh, we're talking about uh, VW ID4, 1,713 registrations. That's a lot of EVs. Mm. Uh, and then Hyundai Ioniq 5 with uh, 998, almost 1,000. And the Model Y Tesla, 711. And then there are other marks as well, uh, electric cars. So uh, it's very promising, I suppose, for the green agenda. There's another aspect of the green agenda, and that's the introduction of E10 fuel. What is E10? Yeah, this has sort of slipped under the radar. And as a result, there's a lot of confusion around this at the moment, Pat. OK, at the moment, the petrol sold is a blend of 95% unleaded and 5% ethanol. So it's E5. Now, we will be moving next month to E10. So it's a 10% blend. So 90% unleaded and 10%. And it's done to um, to reduce emissions. So that's what it's about. Now, just a few things to make clear, um, Pat. First of all, as I said, it's coming in next month. The legal requirement is actually July the 1st. But there is a winter and summer blend of fuel. I'm not sure if people are aware of that and the summer blend will be in by the 1st of June so E10 will be available then you will not be able to get E5 once the 1st of June um, on any four courts or service stations around the country so people need to be aware of that um, and I, also I presume lot- that uh, you can't wait till the tank is absolutely dry in the four in, in the uh, garage forecourt so presumably when it's fairly low and it's still got maybe a fraction of E5 in it, they can lurry in the E10. So we'll kind of gradually be getting the dilution correct. We will. And as I said, though, from the 1st of June, E10 will be the only um, petrol available in the country. Yeah. Now, what are the problems uh, for particular cars? Are any of them incapable of driving on E10? No, and again, there's a lot of issues around this. Okay, so any car that has been manufactured since 2011 is certified compatible with E10. But cars manufactured before that just don't have the certification. But there's no reason to believe that there's going to be any problems. Now, E10 might be new to Ireland, but it has been used in the States for decades. It's been used in Brazil and it's been available in Europe and used extensively since then, 2009. And an interesting study, because there's a lot of misinformation about this, Pat, very interesting study from the US Department of Energy. And they actually looked back on the history of um, the introduction of E10 and the use of E10 in the States from 1978. And this was produced in 2021. And they concluded that any any car basically manufactured to international standards in the last 50 years would have a high probability of being fully compatible with E10. So really, there is nothing to worry about, Pat. Anything on fuel consumption? Is it better or worse? Um, there's talk that it's slightly less efficient. But then if you know, if I mean, Pat, driving style is actually probably the biggest um, factor in terms mm. of fuel efficiency. So I'd say just if you take it easy and you do your usual sort of, you know, fuel saving tactics, you're going to knock out any um, issue there anyway. 
Yeah. Um, now, the question of its availability, it'll be there everywhere and it shouldn't uh, present any problems at all. Meantime, uh, trying to get refuelling of your EV might become a little easier. Yeah, so Circle K have announced that they're investing seven million and they're planned to install EV chargers at over 30 of its four courts across Ireland by 2025. So this is really good news. And also they're going to put in the high speed, the 300 kilowatt, followed by the 150 kilowatt. So these won't be hanging around for half the day charging. You know, this will be good, fast chargers and things that are desperately needed. Their first two charge points are opening at Circle K Junction 5 um, in the M9, at the M9 in Carlow and um, Junction 14 M8 in Fermoy in County Cork. And as I said, it'll be followed by much more up between now and 2025. Now, do we know anything about pricing? Because uh, if you go to an ESP charger, it might cost you a lot less than to an Ionity charger, for example. Uh, where are the own brand EV charges of Circle K coming in? Don't have exact figures on that. I'd imagine there's somewhere in between. Ionity, as far as I know, is the most expensive that you can uh, use in Ireland at the moment. So I'd say they're not quite as expensive as that. But again, any of those private companies are more expensive than the, the, you know, the public charging network provided by the ESP. Now, let's talk about uh, the Euro NCAP crash testing and uh, the new dummy. Yes, there's a female dummy finally on the way. And I'm sure this is news to a lot of people because when you're buying a new car, obviously, the Euro NCAP rating is very very important. But most of the tests are done on dummies that are basically males. And it's only since 2015 that there's been anything that represents a female. And it's actually a scaled down male. Now, obviously, women are not scaled down men. And there's there's differences between them that need to be taken into consideration. But the good news is there's finally going to be a dummy introduced later this year that is going to represent the physiological differences between men and women. So the potential um, impact it'll have on car design is really, really important because at the moment, women do fare much worse in collisions than men do and a lot of that can be put down to the actual design of the car yeah because women being by and large shorter than men they tend to have the seat more forward and therefore closer to the steering wheel so airbag design uh, should take that into account and and all the rest of it the collapsible steering wheel uh, and so on and so forth Uh, finally an intriguing story uh, from australia and there's a suggestion that they might have a roadside test to find out whether you're too tired to drive yeah, this is very interesting. So this is research from the Australian government. And basically, there's, they are developing a blood test that will measure whether a driver who has been involved in a collision was impaired by lack of sleep. Now, it would be added to, if you think at the moment, people are tested at the scene, you know, for um, alcohol and for drug use. So they would be tested also routinely for the lack of sleep. And it works on the basis that it's five biomarkers in the blood that are identified and they can detect whether somebody has been awake for 24 hours or more. Now, there's a lot of work still to be done on it, Pat, as to whether or not they can quantify whether somebody's had two hours sleep or five hours sleep and actually a roadside um, test would take a bit longer to develop. But I mean, it's it's really, really interesting that, that, you know, that this is even in the pipeline and the idea that it could be introduced in two years time, because research here from the RSA shows that driver fatigue is a contributory factor in about one in five fatal collisions. So it's a serious issue. Yeah. Uh, the question of testing people, though, for lack of sleep. I mean, every parent of a young child <laughs> is going to fail that <laughs> test. Everyone coming home from shift in a hospital is going to fail that test. Uh, do you know, uh, maybe bring on autonomous driving and forget about all of this uh, stuff, because testing people for lack of sleep. My goodness, where are we going? 
Yeah, it's a difficult one. And I assume if you've had a couple of nights of uh, interrupted sleep, you're going to fare much worse than somebody who normally gets eight hours sleep and then skips sleep, you know, for one night. So, yeah, there's lots of things. And I think that's what they're saying here. Those biomarkers would have to be quite accurate. They're not at the moment. But I mean, it's in the pipeline. And it, look, if it is contributing to one in five fatal crashes, it's something at least people need to be aware of how important a good night's sleep is before you get behind the wheel of a car. Motoring editor with the Sunday Independent, Geraldine Herbert. Thank you very much for uh, joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.